Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Astrology with Alice. I'm your host, Alice Bell. I cannot thank you guys enough for all the positive feedback I got on last week's episode. Um, It just means a lot to me. I was very nervous to put it out there. I don't know why. I just get so nervous about what like public opinion might be which is something I'm working on. But before we get into the transits for the week ahead, I do want to start these episodes, these weekly forecast episodes with maybe like a recap of what relevant news stories have been popping up that I can find an astrological correlation to. Like how is what is happening in the news being reflected through astrology. I've been trying to make a conscious effort to read the news more. It's about time at age 30. I bought a subscription to the New York Times, so I've really been trying to stay on top of that. And there were a few news stories and just like social media trends that I thought like it was so funny how the astrology showed up in them. So I want to go over those. Also, I record these episodes a week in advance. um, So maybe some of these news stories might be a little outdated by the time you're hearing this episode. Still, it is cool to see the tie back to astrology. So the major one that I took note of was the news that the writer strike in Hollywood is possibly coming to an end. The writer strike has been going on since May of this year. So that's a while now, several months. Um, basically, it's the Writers Guild went on strike. It's made up of thousands of screenwriters who have been fighting to have better pay and better working conditions because with the rise of streaming services and different entertainment options, the terms of like how they work and how they get paid needs to be changed because they're not making as much as they used to. So there is news of that, that the Writers Guild was finally reaching a tentative deal on a new contract with entertainment companies, like all the streaming services. And I wanted to bring this up because it's interesting how that strike started on May 2nd of 2023, just days after the April 19th solar eclipse in Aries. And now we're finally reaching a turning point where like, okay, there might be a resolution here, reaching like um, a peace treaty almost. And that's all happening in the lead up to the full moon in Aries um, on September 29th. So by the time this comes out, that will have passed already. And also this is happening right at the start of this next eclipse season. So I wanted to bring that up because if you look at like the year as a whole, there are clear definitive chapters of the year that are marked by when the eclipses happen. So there's always a pair of eclipses that happen um, every six months about. So the last pair was in April and May. There was a solar eclipse in Aries, a lunar eclipse in Scorpio, and now we're almost at the next set of eclipses. The first one will take place in Libra on October 14th, and the following one will be on October 28th in Taurus. So just I just thought that was interesting that like this writer strike started at the last eclipse season, and that whole six-month chapter since then, it's finally getting resolved or a new chapter is unfolding there as we hit the next eclipse season. So you can also apply this to your own life and seeing how those different chapters unfold from eclipse season to eclipse season. The next topic I wanted to get into that I was hearing a lot about um, a couple weeks ago was the New York Fashion Week reckoning. Maybe this is just because I live in New York and I'm hearing more about it, but I was hearing from like a lot of influencers and just people online how the New York Fashion Week format just like 
it doesn't feel like it's working anymore. It's not the same. A lot of criticism over how it's very commercial and it's all about having a social media following and like what looks good on social media rather than focusing on the actual talent of the designers, which is the whole purpose of Fashion Week. I immediately thought of Saturn transiting through Pisces for this news story. So when I'm thinking of the creative, the very creative signs of the Zodiac, I'm always thinking of Pisces, Taurus, and Leo. I don't know why, but those those three signs just strike me as very like um, focused on the arts. I guess you could throw Libra in there too. Those four, Pisces, Taurus, Leo, Libra, just very creative, more into fashion, the arts, kind of self-expression in that way. And having Saturn, which is a planet all about rebuilding certain structures, maybe having restrictions or needing to rethink things, going through Pisces kind of means that probably several creative industries will end up going through a restructuring process over the course of the three years that Saturn's in Pisces. And just as a like a reminder, Saturn went into Pisces in March of this year, and it won't be leaving Pisces fully until February of 2026. So we're still pretty much at the beginning of that transit. So I just wanted to bring that up as like the fashion industry and New York Fashion Week as an extension of that might be going through a restructuring process of how can this creative industry get more with the times? Like, what do people want more out of it? How is it going through a transition with Saturn going through that creative Pisces sign? And then I also noticed a funny social media trend going around. Everyone was talking about this um, a couple weeks ago, which was the Roman Empire trend, which was basically asking your significant other or like the men in your life how often they think about the Roman Empire. I never think about the Roman Empire, so I didn't think that my partner would. But when I asked him, he was like, yeah, I, I think about that like three to four times a week. I was shocked, but that is not what I want to focus on. So when this became such a popular topic, I'm always turning to astrology. I'm like, why is everyone talking about the Roman Empire right now? So I tried to pull up a birth chart for the Roman Empire. I couldn't find one, but I did find Emperor Caesar Augustus's birth chart. um, And he was pretty much like the founder of the Roman Empire if I have that information wrong, someone please correct me. I didn't do a ton of research here, but looking at his birth chart, I saw he has a Virgo rising, Virgo sun, and his Mercury, which is the chart ruler of a Virgo rising, is also in Virgo. And the new moon that took place earlier in September happened right between his chart ruler, Mercury, and his rising and his sun in Virgo. So it was just interesting how like everyone was talking about him with that and like what he created when that new moon was happening in a prominent place of his birth chart. And that leads me to talk about like something I think about a lot is how your birth chart can continue on after you die. Like the transits still keep going around that birth chart. And I find that when famous people are brought back up again, like there's a lot of t- famous people who have died or brought back up again and are being talked about more or like a biography's coming out about them or a movie's made about them. There's often very significant transits taking place to their birth chart at that moment. A really good example I took note of is... um when that movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out back in 2019, that was all about um, kind of reimagining the murder of Sharon Tate 
by the Manson family. So Sharon Tate's name was being brought up a lot more in popular culture in 2019. And so I pulled up her chart because I was really curious about it. I saw she was um, cancer rising and oh my God, wait, this is actually insane. She's cancer rising. She was being played by Margot Robbie, who was also a cancer rising. And when that movie was released, it was July of 2019, a solar eclipse earlier in July, a few weeks before the movie's release, solar eclipse happened in cancer in the sign of her rising. So that's a big transit that often gets you more attention or bigger opportunities. So even though Sharon Tate has passed away, her name was still being talked about with that movie coming out right at that cancer solar eclipse on her rising sign. It's so fascinating. Like, just try it with, like, any celebrity who has died and they've had a biography or something come out about them. Okay, enough news stories. Let's get into the astrology for the week. So we ended last week's forecast with the moon moving into Taurus on Sunday. As of Monday, October 2nd, when you're listening to this, the moon will still be in Taurus. It'll be in the later degrees of that sign, though, forming a conjunction with Uranus throughout the whole morning if you're on East Coast time. So if you're in Europe or Asia, Australia, it's going to be pretty much like the whole day moon applying to that conjunction with Uranus. And I find just like when any planet forms a conjunction with Uranus, there is a bit more of like a nervous energy or kind of anxiety might flare up around that time. So if you are feeling a bit unsettled or just things are happening out of nowhere, there might be like surprise news or opportunities that pop up that correspond to the themes related to that Taurus ruled house of your chart where the moon Uranus conjunction is taking place. I would definitely expect that to happen. But yeah, you may still also want to engage in like Taurus type activities, like slowing down, um, doing hands-on kind of crafts like cooking or I don't know, like sometimes I paint every now and then. Maybe I'll pick that back up on Sunday, Monday when the moon is in Taurus. Also on that same day, Mercury is in Virgo. It's at the tail end of Virgo, finally ending that transit that's been going on for honestly like a couple months now because of its retrograde. So Mercury's made it to the end of Virgo. It's opposing Neptune in Pisces, also for the first half of the workday if you're on New York, like East Coast time. And then again, if you're ahead of New York, East Coast, it's going to be a longer portion of your day that this is happening. But Mercury opposite Neptune, I mean, it's great for creative and, and intuitive thinking and tapping into that more like creative artistic side of your brain. What it's not so great for is like editing important documents, um, keeping up with a lot of numbers and details or like fact checking. So if you do, it doesn't mean like don't do any of those things on Monday, but you, if you do have to do them, just be like extra careful of like typos or maybe things not coming across how they normally would. It's kind of like a mini Mercury retrograde for Monday. Definitely not as intense as Mercury retrograde, but the similarities when Mercury opposes Neptune. Um, there may also be like a bit of misconfusion or just being very sensitive to other people's words at that time. So keep that in mind throughout Monday. Then we get to Tuesday, October 3rd. The moon has moved into Gemini, is an early Gemini throughout all of Tuesday, the early degrees of that sign. And it's applying to a trine 
with the sun still in the early degrees of Libra. So we have that pleasant air sign trine going on. This is really great for doing anything air sign related, like communicating with people, learning, socializing, writing, getting your ideas across. So if communication work plays into your job, like you're a writer or you have to do like a sales pitch or make a presentation, Tuesday would be such a good day for that. It's just that information and the way you're communicating is flowing a lot more easily. Yeah. So that's the main thing happening on Tuesday. I would say though, with the moon in Gemini, I mean, it's going to stay in Gemini throughout all of Tuesday and Wednesday for everyone. There is sometimes kind of a feeling of um, being interested by a ton of different things at once and being unable to like fully relax or settle down. Like a lot of different things are grabbing your attention. So trying to lean into maybe meditation or some type of calm activity in the morning may just help you feel like less scatterbrained as you go throughout your day. Okay, I mentioned this, but the moon, yes, is still in Gemini on Wednesday, October 4th. This time it's forming a trine to Mars. So again, that really pleasant air sign trine. I mean, Mars is definitely a little tougher and more aggressive than the sun, but because it's a trine, I just feel like this Wednesday is a good day for like taking initiative and doing maybe outreach at work or initiating projects, or going to work out, like doing something where you can release any pent-up energy or actually take action on something you've been meaning to. Like this is a good day to not procrastinate and get things done. So yeah, that's the main event happening on Wednesday. Then we get to Thursday, October 5th. We wake up, Mercury has moved into Libra after a very long stint in Virgo. Mercury was in Virgo since the end of July, so its retrograde meant it stayed in that sign a lot longer than it normally would. Mercury usually only spends like three weeks in a sign when it's moving at its full speed, so it moves very quickly, and it won't spend that much time in Libra um, throughout October, so this will be a quick transit. But basically, since the end of July, Mercury has been moving through that Virgo house of your chart, meaning the majority of your thoughts and like conversations you've been having have been very focused on that Virgo ruled house of your chart. Like for me, that had a lot to do with like how I run my business. It was a second house transit, like how I run my business, how I make money for myself. For someone else, like a Sagittarius rising with Mercury transiting through Virgo, their 10th house for all this past couple months, it would have been more about doing a lot of reflection on career or making important work decisions or feeling maybe slightly confused about what comes next with work. So definitely check your chart for that. But now Mercury's moving into Libra as of October 5th, and we'll have the Sun, Mars, Mercury, all in Libra, all in the same house of your chart for a few days at least. So there is a huge focus on the Libra ruled house of your chart and themes popping up there. That's pretty much where you're putting all your attention and energy at the moment and where you're seeing significant developments occur. And with Mercury now in Libra, there may just be more of a focus on like socializing with people. This is a big theme, like with the Gemini moon this week and now with Mercury moving into Libra and joining the sun and Mars there. 
It's a lot of like maybe turning to other people for their advice, their perspective. You may also want to collaborate with people on a project um, or just like seeking advice from your friends. Libra, I also associate with like travel, culture, the arts, creativity. So you may be thinking more about wanting to go to cultural activities like visiting a museum or maybe reading a nonfiction book that talks about your favorite fashion designers from the 20th century, that type of thing. Or you could be more focused on like, how do I want to decorate? How do I want to elevate my personal style? How do I want to decorate my home? Kind of looking at like, what is your personal aesthetic? Thinking about that more. So that's really what Mercury and Libra will be about, but definitely check the house world by Libra too, to get more insight. Also on that same day, on Thursday, Mars has been in Libra for a while since the end of August. It is now met up with this south node in Libra. It meets up with the south node on Thursday. This is not the most pleasant energy. Thankfully, there's no other difficult transits happening at this moment, or else I would be like a little more worried about this Mars conjunct south node. But typically when Mars conjuncts one of the nodes or it squares them by transit. There's often more of a like theme of protest type energy, um, people becoming more aware of where things are off balance in society. Um, There's usually more anger and aggression towards other people that can come up at this time. So this might appear more in the news, maybe more so than in your personal life. Also, Mars conjunct the South Node might be like a lowering of energy. Like maybe you just don't want to push yourself super hard towards the end of the week because it's like the South Node's kind of like sucking the energy out of Mars. Going back to like relevant news stories, I have seen like how it's been the summer of strikes, like with that writer strike in Hollywood and then also the United Auto Workers strike that's happening in Detroit. This is just like such a Mars in Libra type of thing. It's like fighting for fairness and equality and equal pay. And having it, I would also say like having it trigger the South Node just brings it up even more as a bigger theme that's taking place in 2023, more so than just like Mars going through Libra on its own any other type of year. Also, I wanted to say when Mars meets up with one of the nodes, it it becomes very important because it often that kind of triggers what the eclipse themes are about. So in this case, the eclipse is not happening until after this Mars South Node conjunction. It happens on October 14th, which we'll get into next week. But the fact that Mars is already meeting up with the South Node in Libra this week might mean that those eclipse themes are coming early. So again, just paying careful attention to the Libra ruled house of your chart and what's happening there right now. Like there's a lot of action maybe taking place Um, or it could be, I mean, Mars sometimes brings like an aggressive or like conflicting type energy um, or feeling like irritated. So if you had that Mars South Node conjunction taking place in your sixth house, then it might be that you're like a little annoyed with your coworkers this week or there's some like frustration you have to get out or you could need to like address a health concern, something like that. Wow. I'm just looking at my notes and Thursday is just a big, it's a big day astrologically. The moon has moved into cancer at around 9 a.m. Eastern time. So again, you might be feeling 
a bit more sensitive. Maybe your emotions are very like up and down, or you just kind of want to keep to yourself. Like after that social energy of having the moon in Gemini throughout the start of the week, you may feel just like a bit more introverted or want to stay home when the moon moves into Cancer on Thursday. Um, The moon will be immediately applying to a square with Mercury and Libra. Like it's like the Mercury moves into Libra and the moon moves into Cancer right at like the same moment almost. And they immediately start squaring each other right at the start of those cardinal signs. So there might be more emotion tied into how you're communicating with people or you could just like have a desire to focus more on writing or mercurial type themes, like communicating your feelings with other people or reading and writing to calm down, that type of thing. On Friday, October 6th, the moon will still be in Cancer. However, it'll be squaring the sun in Libra throughout Friday. This can be kind of tense, like your emotions are kind of at odds with your logic or your thoughts about something, and it might just be hard to like make those two come together peacefully, or you're just like kind of irritated with people or yourself, just feeling like a little bit frustrated on Friday. So if that comes up, know that that's completely normal. Friday also marks exactly a week out from the September 29th full moon in Aries. So a week, like if we're thinking about the whole entire month and the lunar cycle, the full moon is like the peak activity of the month. And then we come off that high of the full moon. We spend a few days coming off that high a week out by Friday, October 6th. It's kind of entering into that super waning moon period of the month where energy is really slowing down. And you may just be craving more alone time in order to get clear on what you want to release as you prepare for the next lunar cycle that'll start on October 14th with that solar eclipse in Libra. So it's more of a going within, getting clear on what your next goals and intentions you want to set are. There's less like activity coming together, basically. So with all that said, like with the moon in Cancer, with this low energy moon cycle, I will definitely not be socializing on Friday. We'll see if anyone contacts me, but I will not be reaching out. Then on Saturday, October 7th, the moon is still in Cancer. It is square Mars though, which is similar energy to the moon square the sun that happened on Friday. But on Saturday, it is, again, we have the moon making a, we have a, this time we have the moon making a hard aspect to Mars. Earlier in the week, it was making an easier aspect. With the hard aspects, it might be that you do end up having like a little outburst at someone you're annoyed with, or a conversation can kind of turn a little aggressive, or you might just get like more easily irritated though. I always find myself like, picking fights with my partner when the moon is somehow in a hard aspect with Mars, like it will be on Saturday. So I'm going to try not to do that this weekend. Um, Basically, it just makes you a little bit more on edge or quick to react to things. So if you can, maybe just slow down and be like, why do I need to say that kind of rude thing? Like, can I reflect on if I can say these words that I want to get out a little bit more gently? Saturday would be a great day to do some type of active activity, though. Like, go on a day trip somewhere. Schedule a weekend workout class. Um, Find something. I don't think you're going to want to lie around on the couch watching reality TV. And then we get to Sunday, October 8th. Great shift in energy. The moon moves from Cancer into Leo. I love this. A Leo moon 
is so great to have for like a relaxing weekend day. You can maybe focus on socializing more, um, tending to creative work, or you're just able to fully relax. And in addition, the moon will be applying to a square with Jupiter. So after that tense aspect of the moon squaring Mars, we'll have that pleasant even though it's a square, it's with Jupiter. So it's a lot easier to handle. And there might be more optimistic energy or you're just like kind of feeling good emotionally. I do want to note this though, this transit I'm about to talk about kind of applies more to the following week. So we'll go into this more next week's episode. But by Sunday, Venus is at the last degree of Leo and it will be moving into Virgo on Monday, October 9th. The thing about this transit is that as soon as Venus hits Virgo, it's going to immediately start applying to an opposition with Saturn in Pisces. So over the weekend, as we get closer to October 9th and October 10th, you may have to face the reality of a relationship, especially if you've been like casually dating someone. It might be like a reckoning of like, is this going somewhere? Should we have a talk about like, what are we doing here? Is there going to be a commitment? Or there may just be like a tough conversation you need to have with a romantic partner or a friend around this time. Or you could just notice like a bit of tension in those relationships. It's a bit more of a minor transit, so I wouldn't put a ton of worry into it, especially if you like haven't already been having those thoughts. It could just be that you want to not spend as much money on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, um, as we go into next week. Venus, Saturn, Osprey. Venus Saturn aspects are great for like conserving finances and just being smart with what you're doing with your money. So that could be it too. It may not even be related to relationships, but keep that in mind as we head into the weekend um, in your social life. Okay. I think that is all I have for this week. Thank you again for joining me. There will be no Thursday episode this week. So I will see you guys back here on Monday. 